In. It's the big one. Leicester against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. This is the big match preview in association with footballkitmarket.com. It's for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me for Fox Sake HQ2 is Rob Hayes on this week, Rob, of all weeks. We've been away for a couple of weeks, I've been away, and we are back slap bang in the middle of the most important few days in Leicester's recent history, apart from 2016. Yeah, so recent being in the last four or five years, but absolutely, we are... Today, right here on For Fox 8 Podcast, if you can believe it, going to preview Leicester City in the FA Cup final, knowing also in the back of our minds that we are just a small step away from confirming Champions League football for next season as well. You know, I think back to when we first started this podcast a good, what, five, six years ago now, and what we've experienced in that time has been typical Leicester ups and downs. We've had Nigel Pearson getting sacked and unsacked. We've had the great escape. We've had the Premier League win. We've had the Champions League campaign. And this is, as you say, as as a week goes with so much riding on it, probably the most important week in, in for Fox sake podcast history. It it could easily be. And we're going to be talking about the FA Cup final in the midst of Leicester being destroyed by Newcastle, winning at Manchester United, United playing as we speak in a couple of hours' time against Liverpool, which will have massive implications for Leicester's top four hopes, on the back of Chelsea losing at home against Arsenal, and then Leicester playing against the same side they're facing in this in the FA Cup final in the league, who are also rivals for fourth place. It's crazy. It's absolutely mad. I hate it when people say, "Oh, it's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. This everything's oh, it's all crazy." But this is generally crazy week in Leicester's history. It's it's fantastic. What? How do we space out this? podcast i have no idea you have no idea and i think rob i think let's just go with it go slap bang straight forward the fa cup final on saturday we'll come back to all the stuff in the league but the fa cup we all know last time when the fa cup what 69 previously in the fa cup semi-final 82 doesn't involve me or you never won the fa cup playing against the side who up until last night had been playing extremely well, extremely solid, and are in also a Champions League final and are in the race for the top four. Arguably, this is the biggest game Leicester have had individual single match for many, many years. I would say maybe the game, I mean, last season, obviously the United game at the end of the season, you look to Sevilla, you look to the maybe the game against Man City away in the league winning season to go to bounce back after the the defeat to Arsenal, who knows, in an individual game, but an FA Cup final, it's absolutely ginormous. Against a side, against a side, Rob, just to say about Chelsea, against a side who you could say it's their third target, because you would label the FA Cup third, you would say the Premier League top four second, and then the Champions League final will be their main target this season. So you've got one of the biggest games in a history of a football club on one side and the third biggest thing for just this one season on the other hand. I don't think that's going to have any bearing on the game or the starting lineup, etc. But that just contrasts between the two. Because if you look at, and I was talking earlier on another podcast regarding Leicester and 
Um, they were mentioning about Chelsea and Leicester, the fact that Leicester are ahead of Chelsea in the league, the fact that Leicester have beaten Chelsea in the league, and then you go back to last season and the last few seasons, and there's been nothing really between these two sides from a, a neutral's point of view. But it's just what Chelsea have done in winning trophies. They're used to winning trophies. They've won in finals. They have a team full of players who have won in varied competitions when you look at World Cup winners, etc., and Champions League winners winning all over Europe. It is a different scenario with Leicester, with Chelsea, with their two teams, even though in just a league basis, there's nothing between the sides. There isn't. Uh, and, you know, if if Thomas Tuchel had been in charge from the beginning of the season, then you'd have to say that Leicester would more than likely be sat in fourth place right now because um, because the job that he's done since he took, took over from Frank Lampard is, is, is basically taught the Chelsea players how to win football matches regardless of you know style of play regardless of the fact that they won they have won quite a few sort of one nils tight games they don't give you an awful lot and typically they don't concede an awful lot of goals he's he's not sort of coming and revolutionized things by sort of turning them into a team that's going to stick five or six past you every week and that's probably Add that to the fact that what you've just said there, the personnel in that team are, by and large, vastly experienced international footballers. You've got winners throughout the team um, of of of, football, of copious amount of football matches, but also of sort of trophies uh, and competing on the international stage. So it is. It represents a very very difficult team to beat on Saturday in the FA Cup. But really, what you've got at Leicester is, broadly speaking, a team of want-to-be winners. And yes, you've got Vardy or Brighton, Schmeichel, who who won the Premier League. So, so they know what it takes from that sense. But then you look through the rest of the team and there aren't really that many players that stand out as, as those who have reached the sort of pinnacle of either club or international football. However, you don't, get to just do that automatically, you have to get your first major trophy in the bag. And and this for Leicester is a superb opportunity on Saturday to do that. It's 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 completely crazy to coin your phrase that Leicester have never won the FA Cup in the history of the of the club. When you consider that they've been competing for large portions of their history at the at the top level um or there or thereabouts it's it's madness that the FA Cup has never been won. And I think, you know, everything just seems to be aligning for, for this to be a momentous occasion for, for the club and for the players. There's players in there like, let's say, uh, Yuri Tielemans. You know, you're talking on the cusp of being a world-class midfielder and to get a major historic trophy like the FA Cup in his, in his bag will will add to his stock and, and will sort of turn him into a winner. You've got Fafana and Suyuncu at the back who are young, exciting players who've made a really big step up into the Premier League, put a trophy in their cabinet in their late teens, early 20s, and they and that can push them on to the next level. So there are it's a huge opportunity for, for Leicester from, from a playing point of view. But from a supporter's point of view, you said there in, in at the beginning, you and I have been following Leicester, certainly consciously for me, for over 20 years, and, and you a little bit longer. And and we've never known anything like this this game, really. Yes, we've had the League Cup finals, and, and they were great. And and as a kid growing up watching Leicester, to, to win the League Cup twice in fairly quick succession was fantastic. But this is an FA Cup final. The FA Cup is renowned worldwide. And it's on Saturday. And Leicester are in it. And Leicester have got a fantastic chance of winning it. And that feels very good. It does. Another thing I mentioned about this game coming up is if Leicester win the FA Cup and finish in the top four, and everyone knows listening to this, I'm not a big fan of uh, the slogans and the scenarios that you see on social media and the, and, and, and the kind of the pettiness surrounding things. And if Leicester aren't involved in a certain conversation or their picture isn't in the background when talking about so-and-so amount of teams, I, 
I couldn't care less. Uh, a lot of people will jump and and shout and kind of scream, oh, they've forgotten about us. Come on, grow up. Um, but if we do win this game and we do finish in the top four, I think it would be then old hat to refer to big six sides because Leicester, if they qualify in the league and win a trophy like the FA Cup, they generally would be one of the one of the established sides towards the top of the league. And established mean is the word really because of what they've done in the last five years. And when you then look at other sides who are involved in that conversation, it would be an awful lot more than what they've done, or at least the same. Um, I I want to ask you one question, Rob. If we were sitting doing this podcast before the United game, with regards to the two games then, so United and then the Chelsea game, has those two results changed your look on the cup final? And also, have they changed, in your opinion, what you think the players will be thinking this this week in the build-up to the FA Cup? Do you think it will have a lot of bearing on what happens on Saturday? Yes, I do, because if we were sat here and we hadn't had the Manchester United game uh, and we were talking uh, as the most recent result being a... I mean, hugely disappointed doesn't even really cover it, uh, defeat to Newcastle, then, you know, we would have been feeling reasonably deflated. And, you know, we'd, we'd have, as we always try to on this podcast, we'd have taken it in the context of the sort of bigger picture. Um, but in the here and now, we would have been sat, I think, we just got hammered 4-2, both goals coming in the last 10 minutes or so, so for 80 minutes, 4-0, to then sort of try and be more positive towards the FA Cup final would have been a little bit more difficult. We'd have still got ourselves going. Of course we would. Uh, and I think the whole city hasn't. And, and worldwide, Leicester fans, social media, that kind of thing, would have, would have all sort of rallied together. Um, but it is certainly a real boost for us as supporters to have one... Um, away at Manchester United for the first time in 20-odd years and to have, I think we're the first team in about 12, 13 years to beat both Manchester City and Manchester United away, if I'm right in thinking that. So two two, two huge sort of records tumbling with the, with the victory, but much more than that. It was largely the same team, couple of changes in personnel, uh, as the one that got beat 4-2 by Newcastle. I think that was significant because it's a, an opportunity to say, right, go out there and fix it. Those players will feel much better about themselves now, having proved yet again this season that they could bounce back, but not having to do it in the FA Cup final. You know, if we'd have lost 4-2 to Newcastle and the FA Cup final had been the next game, I think there's a there's a real possibility there that there could have been too much pressure on it. It could have been, whoa, it's an FA Cup final. Leicester have never won the FA Cup. We've got to win something because our top four um, uh, place is, is under a bit of threat. Uh, but also we've got to respond to the Newcastle game and, and everybody's expecting a response. That response has happened. So now it's uh, back to winning ways. It's a, uh, we've just beat Manchester United who are second. Why can't we beat Chelsea who are fourth in the FA Cup final on Saturday? And I think it will be largely, again, the same kind of lineup. So those players will be ready, raring to go. The fact that it was moved to a Tuesday buys an extra day. It's just another tiny little positive and I think wholly, we've, on, the, on the whole, we're feeling a lot more positive now, aren't we, than, than if we have done this before the United game or, in fact, if the United game hadn't been in that particular part of the fixture list. Yeah, I'll also throw in, I completely agree, I'll throw in as well the Chelsea game, which maybe people, when they were watching the Chelsea game against Arsenal, were looking more toward the top four scenario than the actual FA Cup itself. But losing at home against Arsenal and still having the top four not secure and still with the big game in the Champions League final on the horizon, it all adds up. And it all adds up to only a small percentage when you're dealing with Chelsea. But still, it has to be an advantage. Now, what happens come kickoff on Saturday, whether it it will have any difference at all, we'll wait and see. But I think in the build-up, at least, it might just have that slight question mark. You won't be striding into the game with 
absolute fool brimming with confidence flowing over the top. Leicester might be, because they'll be given this one-off game with a scenario of being fairly comfortable in the league and we'll cross that hurdle once we get to it after the game. But there's no such half tackles, there's no one eye or two eyes on, on this game coming up. With Chelsea, there is. And that is a significant factor because it happens, um, whether it's a, a, an obvious thing. I don't think at Leicester it really was. I, I, I don't think the, the, the mistakes against Newcastle were fully to do with the cup final. I don't think the performance against United, there were any elements where players were pulling out of tackles. One player in particular, Jamie Vardy, was 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 flying into tackles, and I think it was more the supporters really were more worried about him missing the game than than actually Jamie Vardy himself. So I don't think that would play into the uh, into the hands of of people who would write down that narrative. But as we sit here right now, it's slightly changed my attitude. It really has because before the United game. It was a mammoth task, and I generally put things into you know into odds. It's just the way that you know with what I do with my career, etc. And I had Chelsea as massive, massive favourites. Really, to be honest, now I would still have them as favourites for the game. I think that's quite an obvious thing to say, but I think it would shorten up considerably between the two sides. Um, now with Chelsea, it's difficult to look at who who would start. Who's going to play? Because they they have such a first team squad where you think replacing one player with another would be maybe he's the first team player. So would uh, Pulisic be a first team player? Well, at the moment, yes, he would be in the starting eleven. But two or three weeks ago, he wasn't anywhere near the first eleven. Uh, you would always have your likes, your mounts, etc. But would Jorginho be in there? Would Reese James be in there? And from a fancy football point of view, he hasn't played in every single game. I know that. Uh, the goalkeeper was changed. He, I'd imagine Mendy would come into the side. But then again, you've got Kepper, who I know he's a bit of a clown, etc. But isn't he the cup goalkeeper? So there's so many questions regarding Chelsea. I don't think we can really look at that side and, and really honestly say that with any great security or great confidence, that I would say there's only one player, maybe the two, one player would be Timo Werner. I'd imagine he will come into the side. And also, I think the goalkeeper will start. I think Mendy will start, surely. The rest has to be a bit of a throw in the air and see what lands. And what a great position for Tuchel to, to pick his side from. He can look at Leicester and pick a side that matches up against Leicester in his opinion, would exploit the problems with Leicester's side or the perceived weaknesses and go with that. So apart from Werner and maybe the goalkeeper, I don't think there's any way we can really look at that side and be completely sure who they're going to choose. Uh, with Leicester, it really does revolve around Johnny Evans. Today, Brendan Rodgers in his uh, press conference didn't give anything away. We'll see how it goes. So they're going to wait until tomorrow. I, I would be surprised if Leicester actually declare anything unless he's going to play so if he's going to play and they say tomorrow right Johnny's playing he's fine and everyone gives everyone a bit of a lift and then he, he walks out at Wembley and he's and he's in the uh, the heart of Leicester's defence fine if it's going to go down to the wire which it looks like it will be I just think they won't say anything and they'll keep everyone guessing and will await for the, the starting lineups. Or there might be a picture of him in a with a big boot on, etc. Or, or whatever, or on crutches. Who knows, on the day itself. But I, I think it's going to go down to the wire with Johnny Evans. Hopefully he plays. I don't think, with the way Chelsea play, uh, I don't actually think he needs to be 100%. He won't be. But with the way Johnny Evans plays, and in the formation as well, being a back three... Chelsea like to get down the sides. They've got, in midfield, excellent players. Lights of Mount and Pulisic. But also, with those players running on from out wide, maybe James one side, Chilwell more than likely the other side, Chilwell and Mount, who sometimes drifts over to the left, they've built up a bit of a relationship as well. I think Pulisic is such a good player for Chelsea. I can't believe he wasn't uh, straight away into the team when Tuchel arrived, because they've played it. They've had... Uh, uh, experience together at, at Dortmund for for a number of years. So those with the overlapping wingers, 
uh, or fullbacks, they like to get down the sides and then pull the ball back. Not quite to the extent of, say, a Manchester City, but that's the way that they like to exploit space. And if you've got Johnny Evans in a back three with Wesley Fofana one side and Kagloso and Chu the other side, that means that he doesn't need to be as active. He doesn't need to be as sprightly um, because he's got those two either side to deal with that threat. He will just hold his position in the middle. Now, if he was dealing with a team who maybe played two up top, or maybe had more of a physical threat, so you would say if they were going to play Olivier Giroud, that would instantly put more pressure on him and his injury. If they had more of a two forwards, and one of them being an out-and-out number nine, who was maybe more nippy and agile, so you're looking like a, an Aguero, say, as, a, as an out-and-out striker, then that would be more of an issue. Or maybe if they were playing against the Liverpool side, or even if you look at a side like... Uh, Leeds or say Aston Villa with with um, with Watkins that would be more of an issue because he would basically stick with Evans and try and exploit what injury he's got but against Chelsea I don't think it means an awful lot against Chelsea if you are say 80% fit with regards to being 90 if it's a 50-50 choice it's just the way that they play he can Robert Huth himself center of that defense and say I'm not going to leave this area um, they might just slightly change the way they play with regards to knocking the ball around at the back so less of a give it to Evans maybe given Wesley Fafana and Soyuncu a bit more um, a, a, a bit more responsibility for delivering the ball forward and maybe not looking just to pass it along the back line enough maybe cutting out Evans obviously not completely ignoring him from the game but that might be something they look at uh, or also then having a plan b if something goes wrong but i think i think he'll play i think they'll play him uh, and that's not based on anything that's just my gut feeling but that's that's really where we're looking at with leicester isn't it rob it's it's if evans is in then we know what the starting lineup's going to be but if he's not in the side the game that we've just played against manchester united brilliant for the league but also, that's going to be the team then that will play against Chelsea, surely. Yeah, Johnny. You know, if there's if there's anybody in that dressing room in that squad that you would absolutely want to be in your starting lineup for an FA Cup final, it's Johnny Evans, isn't it? Aside really from Casper Schmeichel, um, the 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 way that we defended against Newcastle without Johnny Evans. But but I think the key point there is that Johnny Evans was. Uh, became unavailable just a few minutes before kickoff so most of the preparation that week will have involved Evans in the in the back three and it's a back three that's been well established over this sort of period of the season uh, and it's something we've talked about before Fafana and Suyuncu are outstanding individual players in terms of their aggressive defensive nature their pace their power their usually their ability on the ball and Johnny Evans is the one that keeps everything nicely neatly put together he reins them in he makes sure that they're exactly where they need to be and he just steadies everything there and against Newcastle he was a big miss but then Leicester were aware of the fact that he would be absent for the Manchester United game and could tweak things accordingly and what I, what I liked and what was probably more noticeable than it has been recently although Leicester are very fluid with different formations in and out of possession but out of possession it was very much a 4-4-2 a with Castagna then at right back Fafana and Suyuncu the centre-backs and Thomas the left-back and then Perez would filter around from his usual sort of attacking midfield, almost free roll where he was so free he didn't actually touch the ball against United really, uh, into the left-hand side, all Brighton down the right-hand side, Tillemans and Ndidi in the middle, and then and then Iheanacho and Vardy up front. But when Leicester have the ball, they've got the freedom of those wing-backs to push on, and Castagna just tucks in a little bit and offers a bit of cover. So when you're not relying on the three, on the organisation of the three-man defence totally defensively you know most people feel more comfortable in in a four because it's it's a more familiar system to most players most of the time so the fact that it became a four defensively I think 
reassured Castagna that he wasn't always just playing as a centre back, that he was actually in a defensive position. His job was to be a right back. Uh, it reassured Castagna. Uh, it reassured uh, Fafana and uh, Suyuncu that they don't have to do that much organising then because everybody filters into a position where they know exactly where they need to be. They're not going to get pulled wide. They sit in as the two centre-backs. So I'm more comfortable with Johnny Evans missing out on Saturday if that happens following the United game than it would have been after the Newcastle game. That sounds very simple, but you know, from, from that sort of tactical point of view, that's my reason why. But from a let's make sure everybody's in the right headspace and from a purely leadership and experience point of view, then Evans, you know, if he's if he's 80% fit, for me, has to be in the team because he makes that much of a difference, I think, to, to just sort of everybody's approach to the game, really. And then if you've got him, Schmeichel, Tielemans and Ndidi, who I think were outstanding against Manchester United, and then Vardy and Iheanacho as the spine of your team, then there are a couple of question mark players around, you know, does Ricardo come back in and, and Thomas or Albrighton miss out? Uh, I think Madison will come back in for Perez. I don't think Perez grabbed the opportunity against Manchester United to, to say, you know what, Gaffer, I know you don't think Madison's quite up to it right now. I'm going to grab that starting shirt off him for the FA Cup final. I don't think Perez was anywhere near that against Manchester United. So I think Madison will come back in. And, you know, Luke Thomas offered a balance against Manchester United down the left-hand side. He offered that finish, the, the, the sort of willingness to gamble at the far post and get himself right into the op- opposition box. And, you know, with Ricardo still sort of not quite finding, fully finding his feet yet, that might just give Thomas the nod in the FA Cup final. However... You look at Ricardo, an international fullback uh, in his mid to late 20s, so vastly more experienced. Do you go for the experience on, on the day? I don't know. But, you know, those Evans and then those two other positions are the question marks. But I think a positive for Leicester fans is the fact that by and large is going to be a mainly consistent squad uh, shape and personnel. Whereas Chelsea, the, the, the players probably haven't got an idea. Uh, the... Well, they will have now because they've been on the on the training field. But the the fans won't have any idea. We've got no idea. So it's probably a good thing from a Leicester point of view to just focus on what they can do and do it well. Yeah, I I think there's 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 a little bit more of a um, a chance it could change actually in this um, in this game. Just looking at the Leicester side against United again, if. Um, if Johnny Evans plays back three, as we know, uh, the only question mark for me would be would Madison or, or Perez play? I, I think it's just a case of fitness. If Madison can start, then he will start. FA Cup final, you play your best player, okay? And he's better than Perez, job done. Uh, on the left, would you play then Albrighton in that role or would you play Thomas? I would like um, to start with, I would actually go with Thomas, uh, full of confidence after that brilliant goal, but also, Albrighton would be a great. He'll come on. Albrighton will play. Perez, Perez will play. Uh, they will come on. So it's yes, they'll be annoyed that they're not starting, but th- they will come on at some point. If uh, Evans is not fit, I think there's a chance because of the opposition that things could actually change around. You look at the back line, and it was. At times, a four, then a five. So Thomas, Castagna, and then the centre-halves. At times, then Albrighton went so far back that it turned into Soyuncu, Fafana, and Castagna as a back three with Thomas one side and and Albrighton the other side to make it really solid, which which worked. I think there is a, a chance that it would be something similar, but it would mean that one player in particular wouldn't actually start. And and I think if Madison is not fully fit to start, there could be the option because of the opposition who we're playing and also with the lack of Johnny Evans, they could look at the side and go, actually, Dennis Pratt would be a really good option to start instead of Iosi Perez to sacrifice that free player in midfield or midfield to forward line and play someone like Pratt in there. So instantly then you would have more 
of a balance if, say, Albrighton was going to just drop back slightly. So Leicester under pressure, Albrighton drops back, so you've got the three centre-halves with Castagna filling in there, Albrighton and Thomas on either side. And then you've got the midfield three. So you would have your Indeedy Tillemans and Dennis Pratt running around. And I, I like that as an option. I, I'm surprised that's not happened in in uh, recent weeks more than it has because it hasn't really happened at all. I think Pratt's come off the bench once. Um, I like that as an option because then when Leicester start to go on top of the game, Albrighton naturally then pushes forward. Castagna goes into the fullback position in it, and it just turns into a uh, a more of a four four two. Pratt would naturally be more on the left hand side to be helping Thomas anyway. That that's what his um, his side would be. You would have him there over Perez. You would have him there over Madison in that position. You'd you'd have him more of a disciplined player, and also he's he's a he's a very good footballer. Uh, that's all in, on the on the basis that Evans doesn't play. So we'll just wait and see. I'm surprised that hasn't been hasn't been um, worked out yet or hasn't been tried yet. So so that's the way I would go. Hopefully Evans plays. I would play Madison. I'm surprised if you look at um, you look at Tottenham. And their League Cup final against Manchester City. I'm amazed. You've got a side there with some big names, and I'm amazed. Someone like Gareth Bale, who has been in and out of the side, but the new manager comes in, or the new manager takes over, and how they didn't start with Gareth Bale in a cup final. I have absolutely no idea. Big, big name, big game player, scored all them goals in cup finals. It was just obvious, absolutely obvious. No. Off the bench with what fifteen minutes to go, too late. I just hope with someone like James Madison, uh, you've got a player there who could win the cup final for Leicester. He could. Um, when you look at what you've got with Iosi Perez, I don't think there's a player there who could win the FA Cup for Leicester. Hopefully he does. My God, hopefully he does. Hopefully at the end of this cup final, Leicester have won, and there is the final. Hero is maybe an unlikely source. Someone like a Perez, who, if you look at the first team squad at Leicester, I would say is probably the most uh, it, everyone's liked. Every you, know, you, you like every player unless something's gone horribly wrong. But in the term of popularity among supporters, I'd imagine Nyosi Perez would probably be at the bottom of the list. Okay, because of his. He's flattered to deceive against the, the the main big sides in the Premier League. We we've spoke for length, and I've said many times he plays really well against arguably say twelve teams in the Premier League. But I don't think he's good enough to really sparkle against the top sides. So that's the reason really why he he's probably at the bottom of that list. Wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden he goes towards the top because he becomes an all time hero for scoring the winning goal? But when you have someone like Madison, if he's fully fit to play, or if he can only play for an hour, you start him in the game. Okay, you start him. And then we'll see what happens with 30 minutes to go. So that's the way I think Leicester will go. You've got the option of having Pratt in midfield, which I'd like against Chelsea, because you've got those those two players in Mounts and, and Pulisic. I think having Pratt in there to help out Tielemans, who will be having to do an awful lot alongside Ndidi. I just like that basis. And also the fact that he's a very good player anyway. Rob, how do you see the game going? How would you like to see the game? Now, obviously, Leicester going 3-0 up inside the first 10 minutes would be ideal. The dream scenario of Leicester winning 4-3 with the last kick of extra time, Vardy scoring the winner and doing a cartwheel in the corner, that's that's the best scenario you can think of. But how do you see the game panning out or how would you like I, I would just throw in the presado of I would with one eye at the moment on probably one of the worst games I've ever seen in Villa against Everton happening right now a game which means absolutely nothing really I think with the league maybe Everton possibly getting into Europe etc but I would like that to happen I would love after an half an hour of the game it slowed right down the the passing of Chelsea is slow Leicester have got into a nice defensive routine and are starting to see more of the ball. Tielemans is starting to pass the ball more. Uh, all of a sudden, Iniacho is starting to just have that uh, 
just starting to turn one or two players and Iheanacho's playing the ball through to Vardy who's all of a sudden started to see more of the ball rather than just chasing down and the probable 80% possession for Chelsea is now going back towards 60%. That's what I hope the first half an hour is. I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world but that's what I want. I don't want Leicester to just be completely blown away in the first 20 minutes through nerves, through mistakes, through just silly things like that because again it's the first final for many of these players against a side for Chelsea who have many of them have have won all sorts of competitions so that's what I hope the first half an hour looks like. It's interesting because if we were sat here previewing a game against Chelsea that wasn't the FA Cup final or previewing a game against Manchester City, Manchester United, that kind of team and we've done it this season, we've sat here and said we want Leicester to take the game to them, we want them to start on the front foot, show them what we're made of, lay down a marker, blah 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 blah. But ultimately, there are 38 games in the Premier League, so not as much hinges on each of the individual ones as it does on the FA Cup final on Saturday, because it is a one-off game where you either win a trophy or you don't. So, and to be honest with you, every time we've wanted Leicester to start really fast or come straight out of the blocks against those big, bigger teams... Uh, or those informed teams with those quality players, it hasn't usually happened. What we've seen is Brendan Rodgers wanting, clearly, to get a good portion of the game, half an hour, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, into the game and not be behind and not be uh, overwhelmed. It, I, think, I think it will be a case of... Um, Chelsea have got a few wrongs to right from losing against Arsenal. Uh, they'll have a few players that are probably a little bit fresher in the sense that they uh, didn't play in this mid midweek round of Premier League fixtures. So I think it'll be natural that they'll want to get on the ball uh, and they'll want to, to dictate the early play. For most teams, that'd be a bit of a frightening prospect. But I think what Leicester have been really good at this season is kind of controlling the game but without the ball because you know Brendan Rodgers is is a remarkable tactician and if it would be very rare for me as a supporter to watch a game where Leicester haven't had the ball for large periods and think oh yeah yeah we're we're all right We're, we're reasonably in control of this game because it's typically you need more of the ball to be in control of the game but how many times this season have we seen Leicester go two goals to the good and then not let the other team have it, but get themselves into a shape that they trust, into a, a sort of pressing system that doesn't leave any gaps, that doesn't expose anything, but also limits the opposition's ball retention in, in your final third, for example, or, or even in the middle third. And just sort of sit back, round about halfway, pass it around your defence all you like. We're not going to come at you. But as soon as you step over a certain marker, here we go. And, you know, they all go together. It's all in tandem and it's and it's twos and threes and, and the rest of the team goes with it. So I'm not, I won't, I won't be that alarmed if the possession stats don't look fantastic, particularly in the first 15, 20 minutes. That will hopefully then settle Leicester. And as you said then, Pete, just start to not necessarily be a little bit more ambitious, but just speed up the play a little bit more. Can Tielemans find a a slightly more forward pass rather than a a square one? Can Leicester pick out Madison in one of the pockets rather than him dropping 10 yards deeper to to contribute and and grow into the game? Because I think Chelsea's success has been built on uh, organisation this season. It's been on application of, of the tactics of Thomas Tuchel. And... I would expect nothing other than that on Saturday with them being a well-drilled, efficient machine kind of like performance from them. So Leicester have got to match that to an extent, but then somebody like Madison, somebody like Tielemann, somebody like Ian Acho, somebody like Vardy, just a flash of brilliance. I can't see there being an awful lot of goals in it. And, you know... Part of me wants a, a, an FA Cup final spectacle that Leicester win 3-2 and it's all just chaos and great to watch. But I don't think it'll be like that and I think it's probably going to be decided by a single goal. Uh, and if Leicester can make sure that they're in the game 
reasonably in control, nice and compact, nice and organised. There are individuals in this Leicester team that have proven themselves this season to have game-winning capabilities. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I think it's it could be very, very tight, very nervy. I think if if it does turn into that game of end-to-end and plenty of goals... I think it's because one side has possibly gone two or three up and the other side's just had to go for it. And that could be either way. I think it's going to be very tight. And I agree with you regarding Leicester and the ability to to hold some of the best sides in Europe and have the ability to then score through whatever means. Uh, they also have the ability to then, once they do score, whether that's to get back into the game, to then go on and win or to go further. And to get up and then hold on to a uh, a lead, they they really do. So I don't think there's any reason why Leicester can't win this game. I really can't see any reason why they can't. Uh, they might need a bit of luck here and there. They might need, and every team, no matter how good you are and playing against the side, maybe divisions below, um, you still need the ball to run for you. It's a final. Anything can happen. And I think this game could possibly be that closing chapter on the big Jamie Vardy story. I I, I mentioned earlier in a, a different podcast that spoke about Vardy and I says, well, if Jamie Vardy, who is the best player that's ever played for Leicester, the, the hero of the cop, of the the supporters, of many supporters who don't even follow Leicester, he's... If he's got one last thing in his career, it's scoring an FA Cup final winning goal. And I think he might I think he might well do that. I can see Jamie Vardy coming into this game on the back of a run of not scoring and etc. etc. In in the twilight of his career, I don't think there's any problem with him being the number nine next season. Uh and that's a different conversation for another day. Which will probably happen about twelve times before he actually does. Um, give away the shirt. But I'm going to go for Vardy to to really influence this game in one way, shape or form. And I'm just hoping and praying and touch wood, etc, etc, that it's it's for the positive and it's because he scores the winning goal. Um, I would love it to go along the lines of the United game where Thomas scores a fantastic goal or I would love it if all of a sudden through one way, shape or form a young player comes off the bench and and scores the winning goal or influences the game in a way that people will talk about for years to come. I, I, or even an unheralded winner. Wesley Fofana scoring his first goal for Leicester in an FA Cup final to win the game. Amazing. Uh, what it would... Soyuncu, a brilliant header against United. Again, something like that. Or, or even Yuri Tillemans, who scores a worldie. Or, or maybe... We look back this time next year and go, do you know what? When James Madison scored that free kick, that was the point, really. Because after that, he played fantastically for a couple of games and then he started the season on fire. He really grew as a player. That could be the case. But it's, it's going to have to be Vardy. You can't play an FA Cup final and preview an FA Cup final and not pick Jamie Vardy as the guy who's going to make the difference. I know Kletchy's been the man for the last three months or so, but I'm going to go for Jamie Vardy and I'm going to go for a Leicester 2-1 win uh, and I'm going to go for a very late Jamie Vardy goal. I thought about extra time, but I think just before full time, it's going to be won and it's going to be uh, that man Vards. I'm going to go for a, a win by a goal as well, but I'm going to go even more optimistic. I'm going for a clean sheet. I'm going to go for a Leicester 1-0 win uh, and I'm going to go for a moment of magic from James Madison. It's just the kind of thing he'd do, isn't it? He he loves the big stage. He loves people talking about him. Um, you know, why, why would he come back and uh, uh, to, to full fitness and, and reach his peak against Newcastle on a Friday night? Why would he bother with that when he's got the FA Cup final eight days later? Come on. it's It's going to be a Madison. It's going to be... Either a little trick and a good finish or something absolutely out of this world, f- direct free kick or 
20 yarder. I was watching the goal of the season um, shortlist on the on the Leicester website earlier. Uh, and, you know, I saw Madison's obviously got that one against Manchester City where he's top uh, top right corner from, what, 25-ish yards. And then he's got the one where he's basically sat big damn burned down and chopped inside onto his left foot on a, a sort of... He's a ridiculous angle. He's wrapped his left foot all the way around it and, and stuck it, curled it into the far corner from outside the box again. So there you go that that's happening that is that's an fa cup fight it's 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 a madison headline all over it for me it's a it's a 1-0 leicester james madison to win the fa cup for leicester it wouldn't be amazing if someone like madison did win the fa cup for leicester it would uh, it would right a number of wrongs for various different means on the pitch off the pitch etc and what what a great story that would be and uh, it it really would be fantastic and um and then it would I mean, what Leicester would then do afterwards, what they would do then against Chelsea in the league, it would be just the ultimate scenario to finish in the top four and to win the FA Cup. What a, an amazing footing that would give Leicester then looking at next season. Uh, it, 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 would, it would be amazing. But with a preview, you have to then look at what happens if it goes wrong and they don't win the FA Cup. And then they go to Chelsea, who they've just lost to in the FA Cup final. And then have to refocus on getting something out of the league. And if Leicester finish in the top four and reach the FA Cup final but lose the FA Cup final, that still would be a very successful season. It's not the season we want, but it still would be a very successful season. And that would be on the back of the the recent two games against Newcastle and Manchester United, two Crazy games for all sorts of reasons. I mean, I'll leave you in the hat. Rob, I've left the, the club in that in your hands. And actually you listening to this. I'm blaming you guys as well. The the faithful listeners of For Fox Sake. I'm labelling this as, as, as a, an error on your behalf. And I'm putting this at your door. Because I've left the club. I've left the country. Uh, and look what happens. The reason why we've not had a podcast for a couple of weeks. We go and lose it. I woke up in the morning. There was no way I could watch the game because it was... a silly o'clock and I woke up in the morning and I was thinking right how do I see the result do I just go bang what was the result and it just you know it's on the phone and do I just look at the 10,000 million notifications about the result or do I kind of put my hand over the phone open an app and then just kind of slowly lower the hand to see the goals as they kind of went in and that's what I did and then you see a goal for Newcastle, another goal for Newcastle, and then at half-time, another goal for... You know, what's going on here? And then, obviously, you look at how the goals went in, etc., etc., and just a complete disaster. The fact that Evans was missing because of his injury before the game had to have just completely put the defence off, off kilter, and fair play to Newcastle, who played very well, but also... That just completely unsettled them. We've spoke for many times, and you've said already about the fact that Soinchu and, and, and Fafana playing them together with, with no Evans, it's a big risk, and, well, that showed it. Uh, the good thing about it is that then you play United, and they looked very good. I know United made plenty of changes, and we'll come on to that in a second, but it was a complete mess. Now, in a top race, top four scenario, uh, a race for those places... Uh, you then look at other sides and what they were doing. Uh, West Ham, they slip up against Everton. Fantastic. Uh, and then you play Manchester United and a weakened side because of the fact that they've got all them games in the, in a certain amount of days. And then Leicester go and beat Manchester United, who, when the side was rumoured, the price absolutely collapsed on Leicester to win the game. And it turned into a game where you're thinking, get a point... And this will be a very good point. Any point at Manchester United is good. But then as soon as the team's announced, it's, well, hang on, we need to beat these. Because as much as they've still got a team full of internationals, etc., they are, in the in the case of plenty of them, uh, the wrong side of 30. And then they're playing with a load of, uh, or three kids, etc. So it was a, it was a, a game less that needs to go and win. And they did. A fantastic goal by Thomas. Brilliant header by Soyuncu from a, from a good corner from Albrighton. Who would have thought hitting an area inside the penalty area for your your big men at the back to go and attack 
including one of the hardest defenders in the Premier League at the moment, would actually work. Oh, well, it did. And that was a fantastic win, a brilliant win. And then, of course, what happened with uh, with Chelsea last night and what hopefully will happen with Liverpool tonight. So that top four race, the last few days, has just been absolutely all over the place. But as we sit here right now doing the podcast, it has worked favourably for Leicester when, at the start of this run of games, it was abysmally, I can't even say it, it was fantastically horrible. It was. And what a difference a couple of days makes. Abysmally, I think, is the word that yeah, you're trying whatever, to say yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what I mean. That's what we discussed a little bit earlier, wasn't it? The, the the result against Manchester United, Chelsea's defeat to Arsenal, makes everything seem a lot more positive from a Premier League point of view, but also from uh, an FA Cup final point of view. Uh, Pete, I want to know what you're what you're doing on Cup final day because obviously for for most people it's going to be a little bit different to how. Uh, you would ever have imagined going to watch Leicester City in an FA Cup final because it's the first one in uh, certainly in the modern era, first one for a very very long time. And although obviously not every Leicester fan would have got tickets, even if Wembley was was at full capacity, you would imagine there'd have been a fair few thousand more go down, either on the off chance of getting a ticket outside the ground or just to sort of be in the mix the the city center would have been crazy there would have been i'm certain there would have been some kind of opportunity to watch it on a large public gathering big screen somewhere there'd have been families piling into each other's houses uh, all sorts of of um of cup final brilliance really and, and it's kind of been bubbling along nicely this week i've seen on social media people posting the uh, the brilliant um uh, little pack that the the club are sending out to to a lot of supporters posting out um there's 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 banners and stuff up in windows that kind of thing uh, and i think people where possible within the social distancing covid guidelines whatever are trying to get some kind of little get together um with close family and friends outdoors of course um a lucky few are going down to Wembley as well. I'm just interested, Pete. What does your FA Cup final day look like? Well, it's not going to be the um, watch TV from nine o'clock and see the teams arrive and all that sort of build-up. But I'm actually working in the morning. It will be the first day after the enforced quarantine, etc., from from the travels and all that sort of thing. So, um, so I'm actually working in the morning. But in the afternoon, uh, I'll be watching it around my sisters. Um, some kind of scenario along the lines of try and get the TV as far to the patio door so we'll be outside in the garden again to all following all the guidelines, etc. Hopefully it's not minus three and tipping it down with rain. It could well be, but that's the plan at the moment. So I'm going to watch it around with sisters uh, in a, obviously a family full of Leicester fans, etc. One, actually, she married a um, she married a Manchester United fan, so... Uh, but then again, he'll be supporting Leicester, obviously, because it's not uh, it's not involved um, with his side. So that's that's the way I'm going at the moment with the with the cup final. Um, yes, it's not the cup final we all thought. It's not the um, driving down the M1 with your scarf out the window with all the fans at the Watford Gap or Toddington Services and and, and all that scenario. That's the cup final we wanted. We know there's been a little bit of a uh, an issue with the tickets. Or should I say, with the travel, um, I think for those who are involved in that, they would know an awful lot more. But just from the outside, it appears that the club were possibly forced into. We don't really know, but it, essentially, when you had your ticket, you had to. If you had an LE postcode, you had to go on the bus, um, which cost what forty-five quid. And then when all the places on the buses ran out, the fans who then had tickets were told, "Well, you can make your own way." Well, hang on, you can't you can't do that. You can't force people onto a bus and then uh with the people who basically once all the bus places were were filled said oh you can do what you want. Well, that, that's not the way it should really be. But again, so many scenarios so whether it's the club's fault or whether it's um it was more than likely passed down through uh one way shape or form from the FA, from the government etc. That's more than likely. So uh, we'll kind of leave it at that because Neither of us were involved in that conversation, and and whether that's exactly what's happened, I see it seems to be the case. But yeah, the club sending all that um, all that bump out to the uh, to 
what looks like season ticket holders, whether it's members as well, I'm not too sure, but I think it's season ticket holders especially. Uh, very good. Wouldn't expect anything else. And um, and yeah, it's I've not quite done the whole tinfoil thing yet. I've not got the old tinfoil FA Cup made, but uh, it's uh, it's still got that magic, hasn't it? It's not the scenario we want. Uh, first of all, it's not the final game of the season, which it should be, of course, the Premier League and... The Football League should have finished and then the FA Cup final should be the last game of the domestic calendar. Uh, you can always have the Champions League final afterwards. That's not a problem. That's what's been the case in, in recent times. I know they like to have the Champions League final now on a Saturday when before it was on, say, Wednesdays, etc. But uh, I can't see any reason why the FA Cup shouldn't be the last game of the season. This season, will, of course, put our hands up and say um, we can understand why because of congested fixture list and the way the world is but yeah it's still got that magic tinge hasn't it it's uh it's it's slowly building the magic and i think come saturday it may be friday night um but i think on friday there'll be a lot of supporters out there i don't know whether you agree with this rob but i think there'll be a lot of supporters who maybe haven't felt the magic of the fa cup as yet um in build up to this final and even on friday nights uh even after maybe a few beers they still might not. Um, and then on Saturday morning, it all changes. And I think on Saturday morning, whether it's whilst making the bacon sandwich or whether it's watching a bit of a preview on TV or whether it's a text message from someone that you haven't spoke to for possibly a number of years to say good luck for the final. But there will be one thing that happens on that Saturday in the build-up, more than likely in the morning, that all of a sudden will just rekindle the magic of the FA Cup. It might bring out a bit of a, a child in you. It might just remember an FA Cup of maybe 10 years ago or, or, or even back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, depending on how old you are, or even remember part of what happened with Leicester in, the say, the 60s, if you were maybe at those finals. But something will happen on that Saturday that will just spark the magic and uh, and all of a sudden you'll get the feels. And... Uh, and hopefully it carries on to the final itself and then hopefully afterwards the magic of the FA Cup will be the correct results and hopefully the best results and that's Leicester winning on Saturday. Let's hope so. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, when the FA Cup final uh, got moved from a three o'clock kickoff a few years ago and, and everything kicked off, I, I was also in, in the sort of camp that Saturday three o'clock is a traditional kickoff time. The FA Cup is as traditional as as a football competition in in the world gets. But this year, yes, I would prefer it to be at the end of the season. Um, you, but the, the you know the fixture list is what it is. Uh, but this year, I'm actually quite glad it's at, it's uh, it's at quarter past five because of the sort of day that I've got planned really. Because you know I'm a, I'm up here in Sheffield. Uh, I live and work in Sheffield, so I've got there's there's no as far as I'm aware, not very many of the Leicester City fans around here. Um, there is one, there's one that I know, but he moved up from Leicester at the same time as me, so he doesn't really count. Uh, but you know, I've 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 kind of had to live through social media or my family and friends who are still based in Leicester as to sort of how they've been building up to it this week, really. Um, and I think you're right for, for 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 a lot of people when they finish work tomorrow evening, Friday evening, uh, they'll be right. Okay, the next the next thing that I've got to focus on, the next thing that uh, the, the next sort of milestone of my uh, of my week is the FA Cup final, which is a brilliant feeling for me. I'm driving back on uh, back to Leicester on Saturday morning, and this was pre-planned before I even dared to dream that Leicester could make the FA Cup final. Um, I planned to be back in Leicester for a, a suit fitting for a good mate of mine who I went to school with. Uh, there's three of us who are best men uh, for his wedding. We're all going, or the four of us are, are going for a suit fitting um, on Saturday morning ahead of uh, the wedding uh, later on in the summer. And uh, what we've done is once we realised that actually that was FA Cup final day, we've planned basically a, a football day where once we've done the suit fitting, that's it. We're going to go to a park, uh, kick a ball about like we did when we were kids at school together, um, probably more than likely in our Leicester shirts. Uh, we're going to go to the pub, have a couple, uh, have a bit of lunch. Uh, he's going to stick his telly in the patio doors, exactly as you are with your sister. 
we're probably going to play a little bit of FIFA as we sort of build up to it. And then FA Cup finals on, we're having pizzas and beers in in his garden. And and I'm just I'm just so looking forward to being able to watch football again with other Leicester fans, especially my mates. You know, these these are the lads that I've been to uh, away games. We you know been to to Barnsley away in those kind of seasons. Hereford away in League One. A few of these uh, lads were I, I went away with. So it's so nice for me to to sort of relive that nostalgia, like you say, Pete. It's going to bring it back memories from maybe not even FA Cup games, but just just games where you all got together and just enjoyed each other's company and went to the game. And I, and I get to experience that again on Saturday, which I think is going to be absolutely brilliant. I know it's going to be brilliant, but the the, the magic of the FA Cup has to, has to finish off with a Leicester win. It has to, because all of this build-up, you know, it feels like a sort of light at the end of the tunnel with the whole COVID situation for Leicester to win the FA Cup. After a day like that, that I haven't been able to have, and nobody I, I know listening, most people haven't been able to have for the last twelve months or so, or even longer, it, it will just be so so special. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Uh, it will be great anyway. Up until the game kicks off, and everyone will have their own plans, whether they're going to the local pub or again having people over to the gardens or, or whatever the case. It's a shame that the changing rules that hasn't happened yet it's going to happen what monday or, or whatever so uh so that's a bit of a shame but uh, again there's nothing we can do about that it's just a case of 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 enjoying it and hopefully the game and the result again touch wood etc go, goes the right way because it would it will give leicester um as a football club such a uh and again i mentioned it at the start it would really lift the club because it would be a trophy for those players that you maybe will be not looking to go elsewhere but worried uh, as, a, as a fan that they might be persuaded to go elsewhere. Uh, it might persuade one or two to sign new contracts. It would then give Leicester as an option for players to go to win trophies. Uh, it's all very well saying that but you can't if you're maybe say Tottenham Hotspur if you're Spurs and you say to anyone regardless of where they are, lower league, Premier League, from Europe or wherever in the world, come and play for us. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, nice club, big ground, all that. Great. But you can't then turn around and say, come and play for us because we're going to win things. Come and play for us and win trophies. You can't say that if you're Spurs. But if you're Leicester, on the back of an FA Cup win, recent Premier League win, etc., come and play for Leicester. Great club, paid well, brilliant facilities. Also, you can come and win things. That's why people and players move away from clubs to join the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. And people who are fans of clubs like Leicester turn around and go, well, yeah, but why did they go? Well, they go for plenty of money, but also they go because they want the trophies at the end of it. And maybe they've won a trophy at Leicester before. You know, I'm looking at the likes of, say, a Danny Drinkwater here, and you know he goes to play for Chelsea. Well, why is he going to play for Chelsea? No, he's not going to play week in, week out, and we know it's not worked out. But they go to these clubs because they are guaranteed almost to win something if they're there over the course of two or three seasons. And at the end of their career, they've got those medals, and they can be there for a few years and then maybe move on. But we want Leicester to be that club. We want Leicester to be the club where people from maybe middle to high Premier League teams, maybe even, say, Tottenham, they turn around and say, actually, I'm going to move from Spurs to Leicester because I want to win things. I've got more chance of winning something there. That's what we want. And to do that, you need to win something. And at the moment, domestically, Man City are just wiping the floor with everyone and fair play to them. But this, we really need to take with both hands because... It's been such a long time since we've been in the bloody final. <laughs> it needs to be, you know, it, it might not happen again for quite a number of years. The, the way that the League Cup's going, Man City win it every single year, don't they? So it, it, it's our time. It really is our time. It's great that um, that tops here. The fact that uh, he's not left Thailand in 14 months and on the day I land in Thailand, he then gets on the plane and goes the other way. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. He must have uh, he must have heard him on the way. So he came over and it didn't quite work out with the the first game against Newcastle, did it? But uh, it was great that he was there at Old Trafford. Uh, it's great that he's going to be there at Wembley and um and who knows? You never know. This uh, this FA Cup win, which 
hopefully is going to be the case. Not tempting fate, but if they win the FA Cup, he might just turn around and go, do you know what? Let's let's go for it. Here's an extra 50 million. Here's an extra 40 million. This player that we've been rumoured about, we're going to sign. Um, that could be it. You know, it, it, it really could make the difference. I don't think there's going to be any um, let up in the spending. Just a word on what they're doing at, um, at Bangkok Airport, by the way. It's all king power and it's all boarded up. The whole thing's being done up. There's hardly any shops open anyway. But every shop, and I'm talking dozens and dozens of shops, they're all being done up, all with king power everywhere. And the big super king power store, which looks like being pretty much 90% of the airport, the noise coming out of there is unbelievable. So what they're building, no idea. But um, something quite special. But uh, but that's for another time. So... Uh, so yeah, it would be just fantastic to see that side on the Wembley pitch with the FA Cup in the hands of Kasper Schmeichel and probably top uh, with the big banner on the ground and then all the players behind. We've seen Leicester do that at Wembley, whether it be in not 94 for the playoff final against Derby, whether it be 1996 in their uh, win against Crystal Palace or whether it be in the cup final itself in 2000 at Wembley when they when they beat Tranmere. Obviously, the other one was when they lifted it at, uh, at Hillsborough when they were actually in the stand, weren't they? But, uh, but this time, it would be great for them to be on that pitch, to have that picture alongside the league win when they were all there on the pitch holding the Premier League trophy. It would be great to have those two side by side with still players in the team and on, on each photo. That would be great. That's what we want, really.